What's poppin' everybody? This is Logan Murdoch, and I'm here with my co-host of the Real Ones Podcast on the Ringer NBA show, the incomparable, the realist, the man who invented the pregame Red Bull snow cone, Raja Bell. Thank you, Logan. You're far too kind, sir. Did you know that the Ringer NBA show feed now has six podcasts a week? Six. Every Sunday, Big Waz has a different guest from the NBA world on Weekends with Waz. And you can find me and Raja every Monday and Thursday on Real Ones, where we cover all the most interesting NBA storylines. On Tuesdays, J. Kyle Mann and Jonathan Charks discuss up-and-coming talent in college basketball and the NBA. And on Wednesdays, you can hear Justin Verrier, Rob Mahoney, and Big Waz discuss any and everything going on in the world of hoops. Man, and on Friday, Chris Ryan and Sirich Sohi ask the big questions on the answer. So head over to the Ringer NBA Show's Spotify page and take a listen. There's so much to dive into. And while you're there, just go ahead and give us a follow, too. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Hey, thank you for listening to The Void. My name is Kevin O'Connor, and joining me today after witnessing the Memphis Grizzlies ending the first-round series against the Minnesota Timberwolves, the 114-106 victory is Logan Murdoch from TheRinger.com. Logan, what's going on, man? What is up, bro? I'm honored here. I'm honored to be here, dude. You know what it is. You know I've been a longtime subscriber and fan of the Void. <laughs> I, I when we when I came into the record, I played Kid Cuddy's The Void. I've been waiting to say for the Void with Kevin O'Connor in front of <laughs> Kevin O'Connor. So hello, Kevin <laughs> O'Connor. I am honored to be in the, in, in the Void. Logan, one of my favorite things is on Twitter or text, whatever it might be, is like you just sending the Kid Cuddy clip fall in the void it makes yes. me so happy every time we didn't even name it after the cutty song but you know it works we should get it as a theme song that's what we should be when doing. are we gonna get kid cutty as a guest like when you get kid oh. cutty as a guest on the void can i just be here can i just i don't even have to be like i can I just be in the zoom record when you interview kid cutty for the void well i, I know i know kid cutty means a lot to you and i want i want to ask you about kid cutty later in our conversation okay. today let's start let's off with memphis minnesota because dude this game tonight, the, the 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 two plays that stick out in my mind when I'm thinking back, Towns with under two minutes left taking that 30 
foot shot with 20 seconds left in the shot clock. He's tr- Minnesota down four. He's trying to get everything in one play instead of playing smart basketball. Meanwhile, on the other side with Memphis, they're moving the ball. They're getting smart shots. And I'm thinking about that play where John Morant ran a pick and roll with Brandon Clark. Clark short rolls near the free throw line. Morant hits him. Clark drives to the basket. He's met by Jaden McDaniels. Great defense, just like we saw all game long from McDaniels. And he makes a beautiful wraparound pass to Jaron Jackson Jr., who goes up for the dunk. And it just, those two plays in my mind, it's like the Wolves taking crappy shot after crappy shot down the stretch, whereas Memphis just seemed like they were taking smart shot after smart shot, making the extra play. Uh, that summed it up for me, Logan. Uh, what were your main takeaways from tonight's game we saw with Memphis closing out Minnesota? I think tonight's game was a microcosm of the entire series, right, where Minnesota has control throughout the game only to lose a big lead, whether that means an erratic shot by Carl Towns or a very also a very curious shot at the end in the corner by Patrick Beverly. He gets the pump fake, gets the guy oh, in the air, God. and then – it just hunts a three when a two-pointer, a floater, anything was right there. There were so many times where this team was talented, this team being the Minnesota Timberwolves, was talented enough to win this series in five or six, but they couldn't get out of their own way. They couldn't, uh, I think about game five when Anthony Edwards goes for the steal and just gives uh, John Morant a free lane to the basket. It, it said everything you need to know about the Minnesota Timberwolves, which is they got a lot of work to do. They are a very talented group. They could shock the world in a couple of years, but they have to go through growing pains. They got a lot of work to do. They got to figure out the identities of that team because I feel like we are finding out that Anthony Edwards, if they're going to be successful, he's going to have to believe and know that he's the number one option. I, I think that that's very clear throughout this postseason from the play-in game all the way until tonight. When he figures that out, I think that's going to unlock the Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Edwards, he's sort of through this whole season, the play-in, the postseason, first-round series. It's become apparent that he is on the path to becoming the face of the franchise. And Carl Anthony Towns, he has his spectacular scoring nights. You know, you're not going to take anything away from him on those particular nights, but... The fact is, is that some of the decision-making with the fouls earlier in the series, the shot selection, uh, the, the inability to create for others, uh, I, know, I know like in their last game as well, just settling so often instead of using his size when he was defended by Brandon Clark in that game five. It's just so frustrating with a guy like Cat because it feels like he should be even better than he is because it's, like uh, it's not like he's not a great player. He, he is yeah. a, a, like a top 30, top 35 guy. It's just there's so much more in there that he hasn't been able to get out of himself. And I, I'm wondering if I'm Minnesota here, like I wonder how that dynamic develops over the course of time. Is Cat going to be fine with Edwards being the clear number one on this team? But even then, uh, like with, Lo- with, with like that, Logan, with Edwards, where does he need to get better, though, to become that actual guy who can lead a team to a playoff victory? Because we see Jaws improvement this year. Like, what is that next step for Anthony Edwards? I think the biggest thing is he needs to be a bit more poised, right? He, he, I th- oh, yeah. he does a lot of things that a young player does. And I think that when he tried to, to um, jump that John Morant pass in game five, that told you everything you need to know about where he is in his career. He is a guy that wants yep. it very badly, but he doesn't know exactly when to... You know, sometimes discipline defense is way better than getting a steal, 
You know, he needs to figure out just the nuances of those games. But the most important thing right now is he has the mindset that Carl Towns just hasn't had during his time in Minnesota. And that's no knock on Carl Towns. Carl Towns is a boy. He is a baller. And, you know, he got he got a 60 piece. He is a really, really good player. But when you find out that you are a number two, you just kind of got to go with it. With it, If that's the best thing that's for your team, then that's just what it is. He's still got love in Minnesota. It's still what it is. But we, it was so apparent from the play-in game to now that Anthony Edwards is going to have to pick up the pieces and make sure that that this team stays afloat as a number one option if they're going to be successful. Yes. I think poise and I think also just... Yeah, I would just say poise. I think that's what he needs. He has everything else. He has all the physical attributes, and he will develop into a great player if he just finds poise. It's just a matter of time and development and like, staying patient um, and not rushing that process. And, and for Minnesota, I think D'Lo is the other part of that equation there. Tonight, seven points for him, three of seven from the field. It was a very unspectacular night for D'Angelo Russell, as it often is. It's up and down with him throughout his career. With this Minnesota core, I mean, to me, like the, the, the obvious keepers are Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, who I love. Tonight, he had one of the best games of his entire career, 24 points, 8 of 9 from the field, 5 of 6 from 3, some excellent defensive plays. I'm open to moving Cat if it's a monster package. He's probably a keeper. Um, but like, other I think than he's Edwards, a keeper. I don't think that they find. What do they find? There's no like, especially where the NBA I mean, is now. I don't it, know. It might, trade it might him be maybe two years from now, like three years from now, more stuff opens up, more opportunities. I don't think there's anything out there right now. But you know, just in the big picture, you want to keep Ant, you want to keep McDaniel's, and you prefer to keep Cat. But it's about finding those other pieces that can complement them, and that's what Memphis has done. You look at mm-hmm. this Memphis roster; all of these pieces fit. Uh, in that first half of the game tonight, John Morant gets off to a little bit of a slow start. He has four points on one of six, but Desmond Bain was 15 points on six of nine in the first half. Bain ended with 23 points. I saw some tweets throughout the series of people saying, Bain is better than Morant. Like, obviously, that's not the case because of what Ja has done over the course of the full year. But in this particular series, I think we saw with Desmond Bain Uh, a a higher level of what he could be with greater usage for the series. He attempted 16 shots per game. He attempted nine, three pointers per game and averaged 24 points. He had that 34 point game in their loss in game four, 23 points tonight. Bain and Morant just complement each other so well. And, and Bain's three point shooting ability, in addition to his ability to handle just provides that perfect balance. Like to me, I, I hate to make the comparison skills wise but i'm sort of reminded of like bane with clay in terms of like he's selfless Mm. he's got a a flamethrower from three he plays hard he plays smart he makes the right plays and he compliments his primary ball handler in the backcourt and morant morant and curry are way different obviously but do you you see where i'm going with that with like how those guys kind of interact I see where you're going. I see in terms of the role, right? I'm not not yes, the not role. in terms of not, the ability, not, not I, the skill. Yes, the ability okay. is different. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I see where you're going with this, and it's so interesting with the uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies. I got to see them one. Uh, I think I got to see them twice this week this year. And the biggest thing that you you see with that team is they're so young, but they are not scared. I love that about the Memphis Grizzlies. They are they. Even if they don't, they feel like they are supposed to be there at any time. And the second time I got to see them was in Memphis. And 
it is a different it's a different environment in Memphis, man. I I, I really think that, and we talked about this when um you were on the when you and uh, Verna were on the show. It's just an energy about that team, man. And I really love what what Memphis has got going. It's going to be fun to see them grow in this postseason. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. And next round against the Golden State Warriors. Um, Golden State will be favored in the series. They just switched to their new, brand new edition of the death lineup uh, with Draymond, Wiggins, Steph, Clay, Poole. Do you have a preference for the name for that? Of all the names what is, it the, is it the PTSD? Uh, one I heard was PTSD, which was funny. I, I, I don't like know, man. I, I think it's too tryhardy. I mean, like, yeah, I don't I even that, think like I think I think that the death lineup was such it lives in such infamy. Shout out to Tim Kawakami, you know, who brought, I think it was him who made that up. But I, I, I just think that it's a nice lineup. Okay, let's see. Like, they got to earn that name. They got to earn it. <laughs> like it's very new. I'm, it's the lineup. Okay, it's a lineup that works at this point. That's what I call it. The lineup that works. The lineup that works. Yes, it is working a lot, a lot this postseason. So, Verno, when him and I were talking about that lineup earlier in the week, this was before, obviously, we knew Memphis was going to be advancing to the second round to face them. But he expressed some skepticism with how that lineup could work against Memphis. Uh, what are your thoughts on how these teams do match up in their second round series, considering how much Golden State has changed uh, what they're doing, and also consider... No Steven Adams in the starting lineup for Memphis since game one. Will they go yeah. back with him? Well, we don't know that yet, but like, what are your uh, early thoughts on that matchup? My early thoughts right now is, you know how I said that the Memphis Grizzlies, not the Memphis Grizzlies, the, uh, the Timberwolves lack poise. They don't really, they, they're, not, they're not there yet as a team. Yeah. I kind of feel that way in regards to this series about the Grizzlies, right? Because they are not, as smart as the Golden State Warriors at this point. And that's no knock on their intelligence. I'm just saying you have guys that have played 10, 12, 15 years in the league um, combined with a young core that has seen some stuff, right, with the Warriors. And so I think I think the Warriors have an edge in terms of just being battle-tested early on. I think that the Warriors will target Jaron Jackson, who was known to be in foul trouble. Absolutely. I think that... Um, I'm cu- what I'm curious though to see is who inevitably that they put on on John Morant, who the Warriors put on John Morant, because they they like to play small on John Morant. They'll put GP two on on um, on John Morant. There's also Wiggins. You can do the, do a lot of things with that. Um, what I do like about the Memphis Grizzlies though is they're not scared of Golden State. They actually want Golden State. They want to, that matchup, and they honestly believe that they can win. I was talking to a, a staffer with. Um, I was not a staff. I was talking to someone within the Golden State Orbit and the two teams that they expressed that, you know, maybe not that they have um, a fear of, but the two teams that they have their uh, eyes percolating towards are the Memphis Grizzlies and the, and the Phoenix Suns, who, mm. if things go right, they're going to play both of those teams going in and there. But Memphis, you know, played the Warriors tough in the, in the matchups. Um, but I do think that the Warriors just hold an edge just because they've seen a lot. And I just, I don't, I think that the Grizzlies are a year away. I know Verno is, might be coming out here and he might be on my head about that, but I, I don't <laughs> know if, the, I don't know if the Grizzlies are ready just yet. I think that they're going to be, um, a finals contender for years and years to come. But I think this is the one last growing year for them, growing pains year for them. And, and you know what? That's incredibly fair. This is such a young team. And you talked about their poise. The fact that 
they are this poised at this young age with so little experience is really a testament to just the greatness of these young players. The fact that, like, you know, Brandon Clark, 25 years old, is one of the the vets in the lineup tonight. Dylan Brooks at 26 is one of the vets getting heavy minutes tonight. I mean, like, you got Melton, 23, Bain, 23, Morant, 22, Jackson, 22, Aldema, 21, getting some minutes deep off the bench, uh, you know, throughout the season. Zaire Williams and Williams started all year. He's only 20 years old. Like, this whole Memphis team is young. I'm oh, curious young. just to see. I'm curious to see how the Memphis Grizzlies weather storms, and it's and I know that people are going to say, "Oh, well, they came back from this deficit and this deficit and this deficit against the uh, Timberwolves," but it's diff. It's a different. It's a different matchup when you're playing that's, against that's people Minnesota. That, that's Minnesota. Totally and yeah. I, it was funny because I was watching the Warriors play the uh, the Nuggets. I was at the I was I was watching the game. I think it was Game Four. The close the, uh, when the Nuggets ultimately won, but the Nuggets weathered storms. But the 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 uh, Warriors kept coming. Now, and this in the series that the Memphis Grizzlies just won. It was more so Timberwolves come out to a great lead and then can't do anything. They collapse every single time. The Warriors are gonna not going to collapse. They're going to keep coming with their best punches and best punches and best punches. And I'm really curious to see what Memphis does with, with just haymakers and haymakers and haymakers. That's going to be interesting in a postseason environment. One thing you mentioned earlier is who defends Ja. Uh, during the regular season, the, the primary defenders the Warriors used against him were Gary Payton for 88 matchups, Andrew Wiggins for 52, and then Iguodala got him for 19, obviously. Iguodala's uh, hurt. Yeah, exactly. Not there. And, you know, different guys have been in and out of lineups for those games. But that is something to think about uh, as we approach. And Curry and Poole were the primary guys that defended Desmond Bain. And on the the flip side of things, it was often Zaire Williams, as we saw. Remember that matchup earlier in the year with Zaire Williams kind of locking up Curry for a few possessions? Um, He was the primary guy. D'Anthony Melton and Dylan Brooks were the three primary guys against Steph. So yeah. I mean, like the, the that that the backcourt really is one of the keys, as you said. I'm fascinated though to see how the Grizzlies defend the Warriors, right? I, I don't, I I want to because especially in last uh, in the last round, they put a bigger guy on pool down the stretch of that last series, and they put, I think they put Aaron Gordon on on him for stretches, and that really slowed pool down. I'm curious to see who who they do because Poole is obviously the X factor for the Warriors. I'm yeah. curious to see who they put on him and try to because they're I I don't know their their lineup, but I can imagine that they're trying to make sure because Poole is the biggest X factor. They're going to try to get him out of the series early. And, and I think you know, in terms of X factors, you're right for the Golden State side. It's Poole, and you mentioned it in passing earlier with Jaron Jackson Jr. He's the guy on the Memphis side of things, and the, these six games he had. Five fouls, four, five, six, six, and five. They're going to target him on that pick and roll, man. He's going to get targeted every single time. He averaged 5.2 fouls per game in only 24.5 minutes throughout the series. Five fouls in 24 minutes? Like, against Golden State, that's a whole different problem. And and this was, you know... I don't want to talk about awards necessarily here, but this is one of my issues with Jaron Jackson Jr. as a defensive player of the year candidate. I don't think you can follow that much uh, during the regular season. And as we've seen in this first round postseason series, uh, you can't follow that much and be a DPOY yet. Granted, he's still amazing because he's blocking yeah. shots, the turn shots around the rim. He's incredible. He just needs to figure out cutting down on the following. Yo, that, that's that, Raymond. That's going to be a big um, test. 
That Draymond Jaron Jackson Jr. matchup is going to be oh, hell of fun. It's going to be yeah. so fun, especially Jaron Jackson is like Draymond's little brother. The Michigan State yeah. ties, yeah, like he yeah. really wants to be Triple J. It's it's going to be. It's, I can't wait for this series. Today's episode of the Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. All right, Logan, so on Thursday night, we saw three game sixes, and none of them went to a seven, which means on Saturday, there are no NBA games today. No NBA games on Saturday. But we did get a lot of news on Friday related to some of these teams that did get eliminated and one of them that advanced. Zion Williamson talked to the media, and he was asked about his contract situation this summer. He can be offered a max deal, a max extension, and he said, if he's offered that deal with a big smile on his face, it looked like he couldn't wait to say it. Of course, he says yeah. he's going to sign that deal. You know what? When I heard this, Logan, after months and months of all the drama and everything that transpired leading up to this, I was like, no kidding. Because how uh, could you not want to stay on this team after everything we've seen from them, right? <laughs> well, more than anything, like somebody, how much is it? Like $180 million max deal? Yeah, $181 million, five Listen, years. man. For, for a guy that's played, what, what, you know, under, under, under eight ninety games in three years. Exactly. Yeah. I guess you're going to take that, Zion. But <laughs> yeah, it was funny because I, <laughs> I had an opportunity to go see the uh, Pelicans in Phoenix a couple weeks ago. And they got something building, man. I did, I, it was my yes, first time seeing them, up, seeing them up close. I didn't really get to see them when they came to the Bay. Um, but the... the the maturation of Brandon Ingram, um, the the guys uh, guys like CJ, but also the Larry Nance Juniors of the world to have that mix of guys, a little veteran presence, but also guys like Herb Jones. You know, I think if they they need Zion, I was talking to um, I was talking to David Griffin, the GM, and the one of the real reasons that they got CJ um, one because Griffin wanted him from the moment that he got the job, but number two, they needed a primary ball handler. Uh, with Zion out because they were going point Zion heavy and they couldn't rely on that if Zion was going to get injured. Um, and they got CJ as a as a ball as a primary ball handler. I think that they need they're probably a point guard away, not not just to have Zion back in the fold, but they need another point guard. I think that they, a guy that can because Alvarado was good, but I don't think he's a starter. So I think that that once that that I think that they get Zion back into the mix as a point point Zion and then get another solid guard there, I think they're going to be in good shape. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. And, and I think with New Orleans, they're in a situation now. They they suddenly have the culture, at least this season they did. Like this team yeah. bought into each other. There was love for each other and uh an acceptance of roles and responsibilities. That that's a that's a foundation you can build on and create a winner. Then when you add on a guy who averaged 30 points, you know, six assists, seven rebounds for the last 25, 30 games that we saw him last year, uh, you add that on top of CJ and 
and Ingram and Herb Jones, one of the best defenders in basketball, and and Jonas Valanciunas. Like, I mean, suddenly Willie Green is also a great coach. Like, he's so far so good. You know, exactly. Year one was a huge success. Huge. Yeah. And so, so like, why, why would Zion? I I think, I think it's time to kind of like mute the Zion is leaving talk. Maybe someday that'll come back. But for now, but especially to the Knicks, I just want to do a quick aside right now, right? Because the like when you see Zion to the Knicks and all these like guys to the Knicks, there, I promise you, their current situation is better. Right. When you talk about even Donovan Mitchell, right, wanting to go to the go to the Knicks. No, Utah is better. Uh, trust me. You talk about Zion wanting to go by himself to go to the Knicks. No, you see proof is in the pudding right now. New Orleans is a better situation, assuming that they keep this going. Right. Assuming that yes. they they don't make any rash decisions as soon as they just trust the process and keep building year over year. They're going to be just fine. We also heard from Zach Levine on Friday, who was asked similar questions as Zion. See, Levine, it's different. He can be an unrestricted free agent this summer, and he didn't fully commit. He, he came out and said he's going to explore free agency, look at all of his options, and said he's going to talk with his agent, Rich Paul, from Clutch Sports and make the best business decision. And the first thing on my mind here, Logan, and this is like a very basic thing to think about, but I thought about the Lakers because mm. Levine went to UCLA. He chose Southern California to go to college. Uh, he trains in California during the off seasons. Grant and them Seattle Chicago. boys grew up Laker fans too, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk yeah. about him, Isaiah Thomas, the, the, those Seattle people. They love the Lakers up there. And, and and the reason why I bring that up is obviously the Lakers don't have cap space. Uh, but I bring up the Lakers as kind of the big example here, as like you can't just think about teams that have cap space as potential landing spots for Zach Levine. You need to think about the 29 other teams because like we saw with Jimmy Butler, when he went from Philadelphia to Miami in the sign and trade for Josh Richardson, you don't have to give up a lot. If a guy says, I'm going to you, I'm going there. Uh, Granted, Miami would have been able to create cap. So they had a little bit of leverage in that situation. But fact is, is that every team is on the table here for Levine. And that's a young, sharpshooting, athletic, guard who could add a lot to a lot of teams here for Chicago. You got Lonzo here saying his knee is still an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you you have now Levine entering free agency. It was a spectacular year for them until it wasn't. Um, now we're at a point here where it's a crossroads for Chicago. How are you feeling about the state of the Bulls? It's funny because uh, me and Raja talk about this all the time with the Bulls. It seemed like if there was ever going to be a year for them to do something, it was this year. But they seemed like all the Bulls teams since Michael Jordan left, which is really good, can be really good, really scrappy, really like respected bunch. But ultimately, they have a ceiling. Right. They um, are a six seed. They could be, a, you know, th- there was the, the height when they were the one seed with Derrick Rose. But ultimately, there are teams and stars better than them in their co- in their conference. So when I think about the Bulls, I think about a team that just didn't meet the moment this season. And I think about a team that is now aging. You know, you, that DeMar DeRozan deal is about to start looking really, really hard. It's going to look it's not it's not going to look as good as it did this season. Right. And then you have, um, you know, you and you have the Lonzo injury. It's not you don't have it's 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 a bit older than say the Pelicans or someone. So um, when I read those comments from Zach Levine, it doesn't seem like a guy that's going to stay. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem like a guy that is like that is committed. If you say I'm going to, 
I'm going to, I'm the last person to that. I, um, the most famous per, per, uh, example of somebody being really reticent and not wanting to, you know, being very coy with their answer if they're going to stay somewhere was Chris Webber way back in the day. And he ended up signing with the with the Kings. But I don't I just don't see it when I read those comments from Levine. It doesn't seem like a guy that wants to stay. I have a question for you, though, KOC. You start up an interesting point about the Lakers. Do do does the do the Bulls just say, hey, man, well, we had one good year, but the writing's on the wall. We're just going to trade trade him for Westbrook, get up uh, off of that deal and then just regroup and then rebuild again. Because if they trade sign and trade Levine to the Lakers. And that means they're just they're just gonna start from scratch again. That means they have to, unless it's part of a bigger deal with AD going home to Chicago, something mm. like that. I mean, like where where instead of that's the not Lakers, enough though. No, no. I mean, like you know, you're adding picks, you're adding other pieces in a deal to dress it up and make it look nice and make it even. But I mean, there's different types of scenarios there. Like you mentioned, the Russ idea where the Lakers have to give up more; they have to give up a pick in that situation. Yeah. But the flip side is like, well, what if AD wants to go home to Chicago and he wants to play there? Like may- maybe that's the best business decision for him. And I'm just speaking hypothetically here. I haven't heard anything right. about that to be clear, but it's, just, it's it's just fun to think about. I would think, though, that Clutch would want their guy. If they're going to want three Clutch guys on the roster, which is it seems like they want, they want Clutch guys in the, with the Lakers, that they would trade the non-Clutch guy to yeah. out of town. That's what it would seem like. I don't have reporting on that, but that's what it would seem like. Yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting because he is unrestricted. There are not a lot of teams that are more appealing than the Bulls that have cap space. So for Chicago, I think they have to feel some level of confidence that, hey, we're going to be able to keep this guy. You tell Zach Levine, right now you're sharing the ball with DeMar DeRozan, but you're our guy. We want you for the next 10 years. That's what you're telling Levine right now. Right now, it's it's you're sharing, but you're going to grow into an even better player than you are today. But does Zach Levine want that? Does he want to be sharing the ball with DeMar DeRozan? Does he want to be on this roster with multiple ball handlers? Or does he want to be more like the guy we saw last season when he averaged 27 points per game and became a first-time All-Star? Uh, you know, He shot you know two fewer times per game this season, did not have the usage he did in the past. What does Levine want? That is ultimately what matters more than anything else, more so than Rich Paul and LeBron and Clutch. They might not even be the destination or the target for him. But it's intriguing because every player that has to do with Clutch, you have to tie them to L.A. You just have to, especially because L.A. is in a year of change as well. Um, But we'll see. That would be a coup for L.A. If they could could get off Westbrook and somehow get Zach Levine, I would I would not be like I would be disgusted unless they gave up their you would be disgusted with the league if that happened bro, I know, like, I'd be disgusted that, I'd be disgusted they would have to give they, up the, the, the 27 and the 29 they'd have to give them both up in my opinion I they'd mean that would be a great deal up. for the Lakers that would be a they'd great deal to. for the Lakers yeah to get Zach Levine yeah I mean uh, you, you hope for the Chicago Bulls it goes far better than that and they're able to retain Levine or if he does want to leave, you get a real strong package in return for him. Uh, let's move on to the other news we heard late Friday afternoon. Joel Embiid suffered a concussion and an orbital fracture in his face that has him out currently indefinitely. Uh, we'll see about his status for game one on Monday against the Miami Heat. But he suffered that with four minutes left in the game with the Sixers up 29 points over the Raptors. Still in the game, takes an elbow from Pascal Siakam when the game's essentially over. I I was just I feel sad. I feel sad for Sixers fans because this is just the 
another instance of uh, bad luck after a long run of everything, whether it's Simmons asking, you know, asking out, you know, demanding uh, out from Philadelphia, whether it's Embiid missing his first two years, the Zaire Smith peanut allergy, or whether it's Mark. Why are you doing this? Why I mean, are you doing this to them? Why are you just I, doing I, this I, to I them? I mean, I'm just, I'm just like, it just sucks. Like, it's just so many. How many things could have gone wrong? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. How many things could have gone wrong? You know what? I'm not a religious man, Logan. I'm not. I'm not a okay. religious guy. Word. I'm not. But, but I like the basketball gods. They might be real because of the process, because of tanking. That might be what this is. I don't. That's all I, I can think just, about. How else could you have this much bad luck? I don't know, man. And you know, it's funny because me and Rob. Kawhi's shot bounced four times off the rim, Logan. Why are you? And then you know, then the James Harden trade might not ha- like might not be working out either. Too. I know. Philly's gonna hate us, bro. Philly's gonna hate no, us. No, I mean, right it's now. look, look. You, you, I think it's important in life to embrace your feelings. It's important to, to, to embrace. <laughs> We embrace our feelings on the void. Yeah, no, yeah. I do think though, I'm more concerned about the concussion than the orbital bone. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really I, I, that ha- those symptoms have to subside. The concussion symptoms have to subside. But Embiid's playing. Let's be like Embiid's going to play by game two at least, right? He has to. I would think so. I, I would be surprised. Just knowing Embiid, two, just yeah. knowing watching yeah. him play, like he's going to be back. He's going to have a mask yeah. on. It's going to go. It's going to be like a helmet. But he's going to yeah. be in the, in the series. He's going to yeah. play. Yeah, and they're going to say, hey, you're fine. You're good. He's going to be like, yeah, I'm good. I can see. Yeah, you hold up three fingers, too. Oh, yeah, you're good. Oh, I'm <laughs> good. I'm good. But, Get out but, but, like, what do you think, though, about that series? I'm interested in that series. They're playing the Heat. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun series. I don't. I don't know. I don't have a good gauge on this. What do you think? I don't have a good gauge on this series. I don't. I'm trying to. I don't. I don't know who has an edge. I don't know who wins it. It's going to be a tough matchup. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I have no idea. And the reason why is because we don't even know what the status of Butler or Lowry is going to be. Right. Friday, (laughs) Butler, Lowry, Hero, and Tucker all missed practice on Friday. Oh my goodness. All four of them. And we really don't know what their status will be on Monday. So it's almost impossible to say, hey, here's what to expect. So the first two games of Miami versus Philadelphia, like it's hard to do a, a game preview, but like let's just assume at some point all of these guys are back. You know, yeah. Butler should be back at some point. Lowry should be back at some point. Uh, Lowry has not looked like his full self. Um, that's concerning for me. Um, but with Embiid, if you get the version of Harden we saw in their last game against Toronto, I feel much better about Philadelphia's chances in this series against the Miami Heat. If you get that version of Harden where he's showing a little bit more burst, a bit more aggression getting to the basket, and that created these kickout opportunities to open shots for shooters. Um, but again, like it's still hard to gauge right now when we don't know the status of Butler and Lowry. If we see the Harden that we saw in that last game, or we see the Harden that we saw just after the trade deadline, Oh yeah, those then, three games. Oh, then, yeah, amazing? exactly. Those like he was, I was, he was running like a four two forty. He was getting layups. <laughs> he was throwing. He was throwing dimes. If we see that, and Embiid is good, I think I think the Sixers are going to win the series if that happens. But yes, I'm with of you. course. I'm it's like you. something is just poetic about James Harden going to Miami and playing <laughs> playoff basketball there right when he gets to Philly. Right, like. 
he has to overcome just the perception that he's going to mess up just because of what these types of cities provide and his reputation. He's it's, it's it's he's battling perception. Well, what is what, is, what is he? Battling. Is is he is he a beach guy, Logan? Well, what is he like? Is a tech? Well, what is he like that in Miami? What is it? I mean, you saw the finals in 2012. I I I don't need. Do I need to remind oh, people? Clubbing, what, do you, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, it's popping in Miami. <laughs> it's popping. It's popping, uh, and it's uh, and it's right there. They gotta. They should just like put the team in Palm Beach or something like that. They need to just put them way up in the up there and have the hotel there. Just do that. Yeah, and I'm, then, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying. I would love to get down there for the, for part of that series. They're having the, uh, the all in summit. One of my favorite podcasts, the all in podcast. They're having a, mm. a, a summit down there. Dirt, like almost around the time of the, the end of the East. You a Miami guy, KLC? I'm not a I have Miami never guy. Been, I've You've never been, been to Miami. Miami. Never been. Okay. You, you have? I've been to Miami a couple of times. I'm not a Miami guy. I just, I. It, You're not a club I'm guy? Not, I'm not a humidity guy. You know? Oh, okay. I can't I'm, do humidity. I'm, I can't. I'm a California kid. I don't know nothing about humidity. It 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 just, it brings out the worst in me. So, well, I mean, Miami's I grew up in the city. I grew up in the Northeast in Massachusetts, so I know humidity. But when I first time, I remember it was like Summer League 2014 or 2015. And I believe it, my first flight was to Orlando for mm. when they used to have the Orlando Summer League. And I'll never yep. forget get, getting off that plane. It's like, mid, it's like early July. And it was like, did I just step out of a shower? Like immediately. Bro, and, and then the airport like, down in Orlando, you get the Disney tram that takes you to, oh my God, it's, it's so bro, tough. When you man. go to Florida, oh. it's like you're putting on a Canada goose of just it, in like 80 <laughs> degree weather. That's what it sounds. That's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no slander for Florida. I'm I'm sorry. I, no, but I mean, like, it's, it's yeah. not it's not slander. It's just like some people like humidity. Some people don't like dry heat. It's just it's just taste. It's not yeah. slander. You know, I'm more like I mean, if I'm gonna take heat, I'd rather like the desert heat than the oh, humidity. like Vegas. My first yeah. time in Vegas was the opposite. It was like I landed like 11:30 p.m. at night, and mm. I walked outside thinking, "Oh my god, it's like 100 degrees at 11 yeah. p.m." I was like, "This feels nice. It feels yeah. good." It yeah, summer league KLC. I'm gonna see you there, bro. It's yes. gonna be lit. It's gonna be lit. Today's episode of the Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. USAA is insurance that could lead the league in assist. That's because bundling auto with home or renters insurance saves you money. USAA understands the needs of our military, veterans, and their eligible family members, and they've got great rates and insurance options to meet them. See how much you can save. Tap the banner to learn more and get a quote at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. I'm excited for Summer League. And I did say at the beginning of the show, uh, before we go, I wanted to ask you about Kid Cudi. You mentioned him up top. Uh, he, of course, has a song called The Void. And you yes. wrote an amazing article on The Ringer. Was it your first year with The Ringer? I believe it was. Yeah, it was my first year. What, what Kid Cudi means to you. I read that again today uh, and listened to Man on the Moon because I was like, you know, I got Logan on tonight. I got I to gotta get the Kid Cudi vibes in me. I, I did Word. it while taking, <laughs> uh, while I taking told, some errands yeah. around my apartment. <laughs> yeah, I, man, I love Cudi, bro. I'm a huge fan of Cudi. I got to meet him opening night. Uh, Warriors Lakers as, as oh, it was wow. Staples Center then and I remember I went up to him he was sitting courtside and I said 
I like I, I told him I was like, thank you for retweeting the story. And I don't think he had any idea yeah. what I was talking about. I was like, thanks for retweeting. Yeah. And I was like, he was like, what was the story about? I was like, bro, you got me through a lot of shit. And I like your man on the moon, um, man on the moon series got me through a lot of shit is what I said. And then he responds. He says, that's why I made it. And I was like, mm. bless. Thank you, bro. And then like, no, we, he, I introduced myself as, Hey, I'm Logan. He says, Hey, I'm Scott. He was the sweetest person of all time. Yeah. So shout out to Kid Cudi, man. Shout out to the void. Fall in the void. What's your favorite Kid Cudi song today? I know it probably changes. Oh all yeah, the time. yeah. My favorite Kid Cudi song, um, is probably, damn, that's hard. Um, I like intergalactic, but I really mm. like solo dolo three. Solo oh, dolo three so, is like really oh. great. Like solo so dolo three. Yeah. Like uh-huh. I know that's his most recent solo dolo. And I know like everyone's like, well, no man, like solo dolo one and like solo dolo one is tight. Solo dolo, solo dolo two dolo. is that's great. one of my face. <laughs> solo dolo one is tight, but like, I really love solo dolo three. It's a great song. Like, I love it. I don't know how to say it, but I think that's my fave right now. You know what song has a special place in my heart? It's the song that becomes that is before Mister Rager, and obviously that's a that's a huge track. Everybody knows that song, but it's Maniac, and it and oh it, it, yes that's because it it features Saint Vincent on it, and yeah. it that song. Listening to that album, I remember my, one of my best friends, my friend Jordan, introduced me to the the song. He's like, "You heard the album." Listen to this yeah. artist that was featured on Maniac, and I was like, "Okay, I'll listen to Saint Vincent," and I yeah. fell in love immediately. Bro, like Saint, we, Saint Vincent became one of my favorite artists because of Kid Cudi. That's phenomenal, bro. Can we before we get out of here? We don't just love Kid Cudi; we also love Odd Future. Can you tell yes, the do. story of when you went to go see uh, Odd Future in in, the, in Boston? Was in the Boston area when they were like, you sent me the video. You're in a video somewhere. Oh, yeah, right? Can yeah. you tell the people oh, yeah. the story? Uh, so I think I saw Odd Future Wolfgang kill them all. <laughs> Gotta give the full name. Yeah. <laughs> Three straight up. Three times, I believe, over like a two-year period, like 2012, 2013. Um, there were multiple instances, like two real quick stories. One of them, the first time seeing them, they had a signing at Newberry Comics. And mm. that we, we went to the signing. I think it was after Goblin came out by Tyler, the creator, and he signed the album. They went on the roof of the Newberry Comics in Boston, and they were jumping up the roofs, and like a SWAT SWAT cars came, like literal like oh my SWAT God. police came. Like you can look up the news story. It was like like Seven News in Boston, like was there interviewing people about what was happening. There's video of like <laughs> Tyler and all everybody, <laughs> everybody on top of the buildings. And then we saw them that night um, in concert. Uh, there was another time at the House of Blues in Boston where we saw them. Previously, our first two times, my friends and I, we saw them from afar. We didn't go in the pit. We watched yeah. them from afar and watched all the action, all these crazy kids jumping up and down, kicking, you know, it's amazing. It's a great scene. But we're like, at the House of Blues of Boston, if you eat at the restaurant right next door before it, if you eat there or buy something in the store, you can get, you can cut the line. It, it's like a pass oh. the line thing. And so we were like, let's, we do it for every show at the House of Blues. We have to do it for Odd Future. So <laughs> we go front, we're like, up against the railing and yeah. you know the internet with sid the kid right with yep, sid yep. with with the internet they're chill like it is so relaxing that fan but we felt like pushing behind us during the internet and we're like that's oh not a goodness. good sign that's not a nah. good sign for what's about to happen <laughs> and i forget the song that uh, odd future opened with when they came on but like almost immediately like within 10 20 seconds feet are flying 
next to us. Oh people goodness. like get you know how like the the security guys have to pull people off who are crowd surfing or catching yes. so they don't slam their yes. heads up to the ground. Like there yes. was like three or four. Like there's so many security guards in front of us. So many people's feet flying. I remember one of my friends turns. They're like they're like, I think I want to get out of here. And I was like, me too. And and Damn. I and I and I'll always remember. This is some concert advice, life advice for a concert, Logan. I I tried to escape by going back from from the stage. Yeah. And someone someone like an angel said to me, "Go sideways." And I went mm. sideways and I got out easy. So if you need to get out of get out of a concert, go sideways, not from the stage, if that makes sense. Bro, that was my future stories. I have a similar I have two our future stories. I have a similar one as the the mosh pit one. I went to a show um in Sacramento, it was at the, what was it? It was at the, uh, is it called Ace of Spades? I don't know. I forgot the place. I, it's, it's, I think it's called Ace of Spades. But anyway, I went there and I got there really early, as you do when you're 19, 20. You get to, yeah. just get to shows very early. Just wait and in line. <laughs> just wait in line. I got in and I get to the front railing and I see a guy who's probably, I'm like 6'3". This dude was like 6'5". And it was built and my man put a mouthpiece on. And I said, oh my God. I said, I'm going to be his friend. So what I did was I was in the middle of the mosh pit. This was, this was Tyler. I think it was Odd Future's tour. And it was Tyler and Earl Sweatshirt was also on this tour. And I made the decision when he put the mouthpiece in his mouth. I was like, I'm going to be his friend. And I'm going to make sure that wherever he goes, I'm rolling around with him. I'm just going to go the way <laughs> where he's going. <laughs> and that's how I got out alive. And in another story. I was with Justin Barrier and um in November I was in LA and um we're eating I forgot the establishment um uh, but we're eating and I go and I see Tyler I like I see his feet cuz he's walking out we're on this outside outside portion and I see feet and I look up and I see loafers and I'm like oh that looks familiar and then I see socks and I'm like oh that looks familiar and I look up and I see a hat that has an F on it and, I, and I'm uh. like oh shit that's Tyler and only thing that comes out is I fuck with your music bro <laughs> <laughs> and then, you can't you he help yourself right I was like I fuck with your shit no I said I fuck with your shit bro and he looks <laughs> perplexed and he goes right on and he gives me a dap and he walks back in and i was like oh shit that was tight that was like except it was in his really moment. his really deep voice right on right on that's bro. a bad impression yeah he's got a deep <laughs> voice dude he really yeah, does. What, does what's your favorite tyler album or ep uh favorite tyler album is flower boy um, Flower boy just because i was i wrote about this you can read this on the ringer.com um where when with tyler i felt like he did it. He for his first three albums, he didn't grow with me as I was growing into an adult. I think Goblin came out when I was like 18, 17, 18. And I felt like he wasn't growing up as I was growing up. He was still just saying stupid shit on records and like had great, Kinda like great songs. Like but it, his EP, right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, he was still doing Bastard and then Wolf. He was still kind of saying the same thing and staying with the same with Cherry <laughs> Bomb. And then yeah. Flower Boy, he just he finally felt like an adult. And I was that was I the kind that I always wanted. And now he's like, he's great. He's the best rapper in the game now. And I'm really happy to see that journey and transformation. So shout out to Tyler. It, it's incredible. It really is. Because like when I first fell in love with Odd Future at the time, it was like Bastard. It was Earl. 
You know, like that's all that was really out there from the from the, the main guys and there yeah. and and then and then Goblin comes out more of the same, like you said, but it was I loved it. It still has a special place in my heart. Still enjoy yeah. listening. It has some bangers on the album, but Flower Boy is when like that evolution of Tyler the Creator really happened. It's as if like all of those past albums were, you know, high school, college, and then he gets drafted to the league. And that's yeah. like his his MVP season or whatever, right? Mm. And that's what it felt like to me when Flower Boy came out. It's like he he figured it out, things began to click and he became a true artist. Like you said, he he was a kid and then he became a man with that album. It was yeah, extraordinary. Man, hey, 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 Charles Holmes, just let let me and KOC come on the Ringer Music Show, okay? Let <laughs> us come on the Ringer Music Show and talk this shit. All right. If you're listening to this, Charles Holmes, put us bring us on because we got takes. We do have takes. I'll tell you what, Bastard still gets some great songs, though. I can't, I can't. It does, it does, it does, it does. It, it, it does. It's got, it's it got does. some great songs. I, 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 I might great... listen to it tonight after we sign Listen, off. <laughs> Wolf, Wolf has some wild shit on it, but it also has Tree Home 95. Okay? Mm. Like, it still has, it has, like, ba- I'm going to go listen to Tyler. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to listen to Tyler and Cuddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen to Tyler tonight. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Logan, Logan th- thank you for joining me on The Void, man. This is fun. Where can people hear you on Real Ones? Which days of the week on the Ringer NBA show? We here? are on Monday nights throughout the playoffs. Real Ones After Dark. We got the Jill Scott popping. Woo. Okay? We got, the, we, got, we got vibes. Look at this lamp. We have a great, we have stuff. I can't even, you can't even see the lamp. But we have vibey lamps, okay? We have vibes. We are here. Come check us out. Me and Ra-Ra and maybe Jomi might fall through. Maybe you never know what's going to happen. Y'all know what it is. All my mad hoopers out there, come through for real ones after dark because we popping, <laughs> we, we ain't stopping, and we mobbing. Let's go. Monday nights, real ones. Logan Murdoch and Roger. Hey, we need to get you on the show. Y'all, 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 y'all lagging, bro. We, we need the crossover when the streets have been saying that we need yeah, the, know, the, the real know. mismatch to come back. The streets have been, been asking for it. Yeah, we were trying to do a playing tournament week, but that didn't work out that week. We'll have, we'll have to do it uh, again very, very soon. We'll do, we'll, maybe we'll do the crossover week, you know, maybe conference finals yeah. or maybe, 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 uh, maybe a little maybe, finals uh, preview for, or something. Yeah. Finals preview, something like that. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll find, we'll find time to do that. In the meantime, the though, you, you and I are going to listen to some time of the creator. <laughs> this is an honor, bro. This is an honor. Sincerely. Hey, You're one of my favorite people. Thank you. You as well, Logan. Thank you for coming on, man. Thanks again to Logan Murdoch for joining the void. Thank you to Jesse Lopez for producing on this late Friday night. We'll be back again on Tuesday with another episode of The Mismatch. By that point, we're going to get all the game ones in because on Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific is Milwaukee, Boston kicking off the second round, then Golden State, Memphis fired up for that. And then on Monday, Philly, Miami, Dallas, Phoenix. On Tuesday morning, I'll be recording again with Chris Vernon, reacting to all of it. Really looking forward to it. Have a good weekend, everybody. Peace.